This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I am so, so excited for today's guest. I'm an incredible mother, entrepreneur, true inspiration. I have the beautiful and amazing Brooke Hemingway. And before I bring her on, let me just tell you guys a little bit about her. So Brooke is a 40-something mom of six who went from the traditional Western medicine world to holistic health and real wellness five years ago. She went from being busy having babies and supporting her husband full-time while he worked as the chief of the ER to becoming a full-fledged entrepreneur while nursing babies, having babies, homeschooling, and flailing her way through the messy middle to come out way farther along than she ever imagined. She started her first business with her fifth baby being only six weeks old, became a million-plus-dollar earner right after the birth of her six, and went on to create three more six-figure businesses. Found herself at an all-time low in her self-worth and relationship with her hubby, Thomas, a few years into her new career and wanted to learn new tools and habits to create a life she loved and live into her ultimate belief that you can have it all without losing it all. Madly in love with her husband, six kids, and her career empowering others, now she's addicted to helping other women achieve their potential in a divine way, not with resentment, anger, or negativity towards others, and she is truly for helping others. Brooke, you are such an inspiration. Welcome to my show. Thank you so much. I gave you a mouthful as you were reading that. I was like, holy crap, I should have just like totally condensed that. (laughs) No, oh my gosh, I love it because truly like... You know, I mean, I've been on your website. I follow you on social, but like truly, I mean, even that doesn't say enough about you. Like you are truly an inspiration to women and mothers. And I just love how you light other people up. Thank you. Thank you. It's, you know, it's something I didn't know I had inside of me, but I've always been a little bit of a fighter and a funny story about that. Like I've just always had passion in me and I fight for the people I love and I, and I, I, I work hard for, you know, the people that work for me and loyalty is just like everything to me. And funny story about that is growing up in high school, I had a younger brother about two years younger than me. And there was a kid in high school that was on the football team and he was like the cool kid. And he was like teasing my brother and bullying him. And I literally walk up to this guy. I'm five foot one, like 110 pounds back then. I've got a few more pounds since then. I walk up, I smack the guy in the face. Guess what? Never bothered my brother again. (laughs) But I guess that was a sign that I had some fire in me. And it was like, hey, don't mess with me. Like, don't hurt the people I love or watch out. So I've kind of taken that passion and fire just into my life. and, And I really am a fighter. I'm not knocking people out anymore, but <laughs> I fight for the things that I love. I fight for the things that I want and I fight against lame limiting excuses. And I just try to help other people do the same. Oh my gosh. I just love that lame limiting excuses. So, so good. And so much power. So for those that don't know you and your story, can you give us a little bit about how you started in, you know, your marketing journey and like how that's taken to yeah. where you are now? Well, the funny thing is five years ago, I wasn't even on Instagram. So you wouldn't have even been able to find me. I honestly was buried like knee deep in babies and diapers and like just doing the mom thing. I had been an ICU nurse for 10 years, but honestly, that career and that profession sucked the life out of me. I love taking care of people and helping people. And I have mad respect for the medical profession and nurses. My husband's a physician. Like I have a lot of respect, but like there was something in me that was like, this is not for you anymore. Like, and I just, I I was afraid to let go of that because 
I come from a divorced household. My parents divorced when I was 16. Not unlike a lot of people that are listening to this, right? I mean, I wish that we had a chat box going off here because probably at least half the women here would say, yeah, me too. And so my parents divorced when I was 16 and my mom is a, is a tough woman and she's smart. She had a college degree, but she kind of had to figure out what to do after being married for 25 years. And so as an adult myself, I was like, well, I always want to be working. I always want to be creating. I always want to be contributing not because I think my husband is the same as my father. I think the same thing is going to happen to me, but I just see so much wisdom um, to be a woman that like has something of her own, if, if not to help support the family, but just like for a creative outlet and to do something that's your passion. Well, five years ago, I was like, nursing is not my passion. Like I need to get out of here. And I was afraid to do it, but I did. And the minute I quit, I did not regret it for a second. Like I was so relieved. It was like this weight had been lifted from me. And so I was pregnant with my fifth at the time. I, you know, I have the extreme genes. So I literally popped those babies out left and right. <laughs> and we waited. Yeah, I, seriously. We waited eight years to have kids though. Like we had been married eight years. And then it was like, once we decided to have them, we were like, babies, let's have lots of babies. Oh, I love that. And so we had I know it's crazy. I tell people, I'm like, Hey, the reason I love my husband so much is because we played together for eight years before we had babies. I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but it worked for us. So, you know, I was pregnant with this fifth baby. I wasn't looking for anything else. My husband was on the train of working at two or three hospitals. He was gone almost all the time, 80, 90 hours, chief of the ER, just always, always working. We had everything that looked like the dream that people have. We had a beautiful new home that we had built ourselves in Hawaii, where we live half the year. Um, you know, we, we were living in Hawaii. I mean, isn't that the dream for a lot of people? And I had this great husband who adored me, but the problem was he was never, ever home. I was always alone. And I had been somebody that has struggled since I was a teenager with anxiety, postpartum depression, um, depression, like those kind of things. And so I was honestly just looking for something natural to help me. I was not looking for a career. I was not a social media sort of tycoon in any way, shape or form. In fact, Ali, I am an introvert. Like I am the most introverted of introverted on the Myers-Briggs personality test. And <laughs> I find that hard to that's believe why I know, I know, but it's true. It really is true. Now I'm like an extroverted introvert. I'm like, I've had to learn that skill because I believe that whatever you say you are is just a story that you tell yourself. And it's a thought you tell yourself over and over, but you could tell yourself a new story and you can become somebody else. And so I just, I wasn't looking for this. I was just looking for something to help me and um, gut health and root healing really resonated with me. And so I chose to align with the company that that's what they focused on. They focused on gut health and root healing. I wasn't really looking for a quick fix or a fad or anything like that. And I only did it because I wanted to feel better. And I saw lots of other moms and people doing this and they were feeling good. And I was like the anti MLM girl. I was like the anti take a supplement girl because I actually have two degrees in health. I have one degree in kinesiology and I spent over 20 years as a fitness instructor and a personal trainer. And then I have a degree, a bachelor's degree in nursing. And so honestly, I thought I knew it all. And I was like, I don't believe in this kind of stuff. But eventually you get to this point and maybe you've experienced this in your life, Ali, where you're like, hmm, maybe there really is something to that. Like, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe it's okay if I change my mind. And so one night late at night, I was alone, which was not uncommon because my husband was always gone, always working. And I was nursing my fifth baby. She was six weeks old. And I was like, I'm just going to try that stuff. And, and I did. And it rocked my world. It, it rocked my world. I, I took it through a sixth pregnancy. I, I just fell in love with it. And I, for whatever reason, didn't really hesitate too much to start telling people. And I guess it's just in my nature that like truth and honesty and just like being who you are is really important. And I was like, I like this stuff. It works. Here's why it works. And all of a sudden I had these five little kids, I think nine and under at the time. And I had this business rapidly growing for me first on Facebook because I did happen to be on Facebook, but I was, I had 150 Facebook friends when I started. So I wasn't like a guru of anything, but I was, 
an honest person and people knew that about me. And so I started sharing from my heart, started um, deciding to be consistent with social media, with Facebook after about six months, I was like, I guess I better try that Instagram thing. So <laughs> I started getting on Instagram and I just like, it really kind of was this organic thing that exploded. But I say that hesitantly because when people say, oh, I don't know how it happened. I mean, it just grew organically. I'm like, that's such a lie. You had to work <laughs> hard for that. Like, you know what I mean? Like when women do that, sometimes I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, I know what you did. Like you didn't sleep. You stayed up late. You let your kids watch a little bit too much movies. Like <laughs> blood, blood, sweat, and it, tears. It, yes, yes. Yes, the blood, sweat, and tears. But honestly, when I decide to do something, I decide to do it all the way. I'm like a hot and heavy girl. And if having six kids isn't proof of that, like, I don't know what is, but like, I loved it. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to prove to myself that I can do something really awesome. And so I, I did have really fast, rapid success. And within 11 months, I was at a level of meeting my husband's physician income. And a year and a half after that, I doubled his income. And then two years after that, I tripled his income. So my husband actually is just retired as of December from working as a physician. And it, it just completely rocked our world through this, this market of you know marketing and social selling and aligning, my, aligning myself with a brand that I love that just, I could feel like I had integrity you know, promoting, which I think is what everybody wants. Through that, I was able to harness the power of my little tiny network grow my network and change the dynamics of our family forever. Because when I say he was never home and he didn't know really much of anything that happened in our little kid's life, I'm not exaggerating. So now he's home every single day and he participates in parenting and all the good stuff and uh, the changing of the diapers and everything. You know? <laughs> so so that, that's like how I got into marketing. And that, that was my first business that I, that I started. That was five years ago. And that was Plexus, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. It's a company called Plexus and they, they focus mostly on gut health and root healing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I mean, so, so much goodness in that, you know, story and thank you for sharing that. I mean, when you saw that your income was, you know, basically your husband's in that first, you know, before even a year, what was that like for you? You know, when you are on a train and you've had your head down, like blinders on working so hard, I, it's almost like I didn't come up for air. I, I, I hit that and I blew right past it and I kept on going. And one of the reasons why I kept going is because like I could see, okay, now I have all these incredible women, like lawyers, doctors, nurses, hairstylists, stay at home moms, like all different kinds of people that you would never think would do this. Like I've attracted a lot of these different kinds of people that want this too. And so I was like, well, I can't slow this train down. So I just kept going. But the interesting thing about reaching that level of income, going from making like $10,000 a year to 400,000 to then over a million, it was like pretty mind blowing to me that I could do that because my husband went to school for 12 years and, you know, school and residency to become a physician was 12 years. And, um, and I knew that if I worked really, really hard and, and by the way, the speed that I did it at, is not normal. I mean, most people are not psychotic like me, but you know, <laughs> I'm just a little psychotic. And I, I just felt that fire in my belly. I knew I needed to do it and I knew I needed to do it right now. And so I jumped head first in. And when I started making that kind of money, it's almost like my husband didn't believe it. Like he didn't believe it was real or he didn't think it would stay around. And I think you've probably talked to a lot of women that struggle with scarcity and they think like, okay, well, I've done this, but what if it all goes away? What, it, what if I've done all this work and I don't have it? And well, here I am, you know, five or five and a half years later and we still have it, but it took a solid three years for my husband to really feel like it was real and for him to start cutting his hours. So for the first three years of me growing this incredible, huge business, he was still gone 80 to 90 hours a week. And it wow. wasn't until, you know, well after year three that he was like, well, maybe I could just work one job instead of three. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Right? laughs> wow. I mean, 
I mean, first off, you know, you had, you know, so many children and you're running this incredible business. I mean, what was that like for you being that, you know, he was gone so much. And like you said, in the beginning, he really wanted to make sure this was actually real and secure. And it wasn't just going to be like a fleeting thing, which I think a lot of people absolutely can attest to with all kinds of businesses. What was it like for you having to work through that and, and be able to continue to have this successful business, but still be clearly a full-time mom because your husband really wasn't there to help. Yeah. I mean, it was hard. Like I, I don't really like to sugarcoat it for people because I don't feel like we do women a service when we make it look like it was really easy and just like effortless. And, you know, everybody talks about manifesting, but they don't talk about the, man- the work that it takes to manifest your dreams. And I do believe that you speak into your life and you manifest what you want, but you have to, as Trent Shelton says, you have to participate in your own rescue. So you have to participate in your own dreams and goals. And that means a whole lot of hustle. It means a lot of work. So for me, that meant like anytime my babies were napping, I was hitting it hard. I would put them to bed at 8 p.m. And if my husband wasn't going to be home until 1 a.m. from work, I was working from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. solid. It would mean sometimes I would take care of my honey and I would get back up out of bed and I would get to work. You know, (laughs) it was like a lot of, you know, just kind of casting the vision for him. But my husband is an incredible man, not sexist at all, not a chauvinist pig, none of those things. But I think one of the things that women have to understand if they're going from not being in a career to then having a career, whether it's outside of the home or inside of the home, is that it is a shift for your partner. And if they're used to you doing certain things like the house being cleaned or the laundry being folded or dinner being made, it's not necessarily because they're a chauvinist pig. It's just that you opted into that role as well. And you you were doing that role. And now because you're pursuing something else, you you don't really have time maybe for the house to be totally clean or you're running out of some food or, you know, maybe dinner is like something from the freezer. And so there was definitely some adjustment in that time period, never where he was putting me down, but more where we had to learn how to talk about our expectations. And I had to talk about what kind of help I needed because for a long time, I tried to shoulder all of the burden on my own. And it got to the point where it was like, I was going to break and I was going to lose my mind, or I had to ask for help. And and so he had to step in and start helping with some of the the basic things, because for years, while I was building my business, I carried that burden because I I didn't want him to think that, um, you know, that, that I couldn't handle it all. I didn't want anyone to think that I couldn't handle it all. But the fact is, after about three years of like, running full speed without resting, it was like, you know, there's a grenade that's going off here and this is not going to be good. So I would just say to women that have dreams and that, that want to have a career and can see the potential and you have a vision, have the conversations, talk about the help that you need. And if you have a partner that can't give you that help because their career is demanding as well, or something, they, they're not able to, to do those things, then get some help. Like, don't be like me. Don't be so proud and be like, Oh, I want to show that I'm the woman that can do it all. Yeah, I can do it all until I lose my mind. And so ask for help, get somebody to help with the kids, get somebody to help with, um, you know, grocery delivery or whatever that looks like somebody to come in and help you with your house. Like it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. And, and so for me, like in the beginning, it really just was a lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings, a lot of, um, you know, being creative with having my kids play with each other. I was like, okay, you guys play for an hour. Here's a game. And then I would go off and I would get on FaceTime or get on zoom. Like before everybody knew what zoom was like five years ago, I was like a zoom queen, you know? So I was like juggling all these things and I'd be making dinner and have my laptop on the counter. And I'd be, you know, answering messages and like stirring the pot and nursing the baby at the same time. Like that is literally what it looked like. I mean, first off, thank you for sharing that because I think that, you know, how you just said you don't want to sugarcoat. I think so many times, you know, myself included, I meet women, you know, who are sugarcoating and who want to say, oh, you know, I manifested, you know, into reality. And I love that you said, you know, I wrote that down, you know, you have to participate in your own rescue to participate in your own dreams, you know, and anyone listening, write that down because it's so true. It's like, we can talk about, you know, all these manifestations and, you know, these practices and do this and do that. But if you're not putting 
the work behind it, if you're not participating it, if you're not actually really like going for it, it doesn't matter if you're speaking into existence because the universe is asking you to then step up and deliver into it. And you're just standing there like, uh, and I'm look, I'm so guilty of that too. Like, you know, years ago when I was asking myself like why certain things weren't happening or certain things weren't shifting and changing, I was just sitting in it. I would say things, but nothing would happen. And I would think, well, this manifesting doesn't work. This is BS, you know? And it was like, like, this just doesn't happen. But then when I actually started putting the work behind it and actually started figuring out, oh, this means that I have to do this or this means I have to sacrifice that or whatever it may be, then it was like, oh, light bulb went off and the power was given to me. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm seeing a shift. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing things happen. But what you also spoke to of like doing the late nights, doing the early mornings, nursing while stirring the pot, while answering email, like that's what so many of our lives really do look like. And for whatever reason, we're so afraid to share that. And we're so afraid to say, Hey, look at me. I'm trying to juggle and look at all the balls in the air and I can't juggle them all, you know, and I can't answer yeah. that either. You know, there's so many times where when you're just saying with yeah. your mind, like I also had, and I had to learn to say to my husband, like, I just need more help. I need an hour here. Can you please take them so I can do this? I need a half hour here. Yeah. Can you please do this? And you're right. It is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength to be able to step into that and say, I need help, whatever that help looks like in order to move yourself forward in those dreams and to manifest what you want. So I just want to really say thank you so much for being so real about that and painting that picture because I think so many times, especially as moms, myself included as a new mom, like I look at people and I'm like, oh my gosh, how is the house so clean? And how do they look so perfect? And the kids, everything's great. And this, this, and I look at my house and I'm like, dishes are piled sky high. Laundry's <laughs> upstairs in piles. Like haven't put away Brooks since Sunday, last Sunday, like coming up on now this Sunday, more washes in the washer, you know, things are on the floor, you know, playroom is a mess. I mean, the list goes on. And it's like, oh, but my business is, you know, flying and thriving, but I'm like, oh, but then listening to you, I'm like, okay, but give myself grace because like, I'm not, yes. I can't get to everything right this minute and, and let go of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you have to learn to live with a certain amount of chaos. Like you have to just, um, you know, if you are a perfectionist, this can be really, really hard for you, but there's no way you can maintain the perfect house, the perfect Uh, marriage, the perfect body, the perfect dinner, the perfect everything and build a business from the ground up. Like it's just not possible. And so you're putting these unrealistic expectations and typically anxiety and depression come from like unrealistic expectations that aren't met. So change your expectations. And I'm not saying let everything go to pot in the pursuit of your dream. I'm just saying like, can you tolerate a little bit of chaos? And can that mean that you're still a great mom? Because so many women, like they just have so much guilt over working or really going after their dream. And I'm like, well, do you really need to be rolling around with your baby on the floor for eight hours a day? Because I'm pretty sure that the women back in the 1800s weren't doing that. I'm pretty (laughs) sure they were out like in the fields, hustling it with their husbands and their babies were feeding themselves. Like we have this really interesting idea of what it means to be a good mom. And I went through this struggle myself as well, the guilt and the shame. And like, am I sacrificing too much? And I stopped using the word sacrifice because when I think of sacrifice, I think of the person in like sackcloth and like the martyr, like I'm such a martyr. I'm sacrificing so much. And I'm like, no, babe, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. It's not a sacrifice. You got to trade something off to have something better that you want to have in the future. And when I thought about what our life was like um, five years ago, it wasn't bad. I call it a crappy good life. Like I had a good life. We didn't have piles of debt. We have this beautiful house in Hawaii. My husband's this hot surfer. I got these five amazing babies. Like it was a good life, but it was crappy because it was not fulfilling in my relationship. It was not fulfilling in my loneliness. I wasn't using my creativity at all. I was alone a lot. And I could not imagine living my life for 18 more years like that with my husband gone all the time. I was like, this sucks. So I'm going to have to trade some things off. I'm going to have to stop watching my DVR back then. It was the DVR. We all had DVRs. I'm gonna have to stop (laughs) watching my DVR, Desperate Housewives and Grey's Anatomy for three hours every night. 
And I'm going to have to, you know, have my kids step up a little bit and guess what? They're going to learn how to do the dishes and they're going to learn how to fold laundry. I'm actually going to teach them how to be responsible human beings. Imagine that. Right. And so instead of me doing everything, I started teaching my kids and I traded off this idea of what I thought a perfect mom was for a mom that was going to change my family's future. So for me, it's trade-offs. It is not sacrifices. And I think a lot of people, especially in my industry, I don't know how many, you know, like top earners in this industry that you know, but a lot of people in this industry are afraid to be honest about how they got their success and how they got to where they were. They're afraid to be honest because they don't want to scare people away. And I'm like, you know what, if you don't tell people, they're actually going to have to work for it. And you don't tell people, gosh, it's totally normal to feel guilty as a mom. And it's, yeah, I felt that way too. And yeah, I, I worked way too much sometimes. And like, like if you're not honest with people, guess what? They will, you will not build a relationship of trust and integrity with them. And you won't end up with, with what you want anyway. So I, I appreciate when people are honest with me. And when they tell me, hey, this is, this is how I did this. This is how I built this. I don't want the sugar coating. Like I'm a big girl. And I believe that most women are that way. Like most women want to know the truth. How did she really get there? How did she really do that? And I, I believe people deserve to know the truth. And then the last point is like, you might've listened to that and been like, oh my gosh, like that's hard. I don't know if I would want to do that. Yes, you would. Yes, you would you would absolutely give up what I had for what I have right now. You would absolutely give up the comfort or convenience that you have of whatever kind of life you have right now for something better. Because when you have that something better, you look back and you're like, you know, it was hard and I wasn't perfect, but I knew I had to go through that valley. I knew I had to go through that struggle. I knew I had to do that thing to get to where I am right now. And I would do it all over again. 1000% I would do it all over again. Wow. So, so powerful, Brooke. I mean, when you started kind of like speaking, you know, about this and sharing your story and really sharing your truth, how was it for you to kind of step into that vulnerability of sharing all of this about you? Because like you said, you know, you really are an introvert, even though now, of course, from your business and everything you do, you become more of an introvert, extrovert, but you are an introvert at heart. So how was it stepping into that vulnerability of, of Brooke and you as a mother and you as an entrepreneur and you as a successful, you know, woman and wife, all the things that you've shared, like, how was that for you? Well, I don't know if you can relate to this, but for me, the hardest part was receiving judgment from those really close to me. So, you know, it doesn't matter as much when it's like strangers on the internet or strangers on social media, although, you know, those comments can hurt as well, right? Because we're all human. And I, I did a reel today on Instagram that was like, you know, five things you should stop apologizing for as women. One, having feelings, right? I mean, we're all human and we have feelings and people say hurtful things. And of course, you're going to feel hurt. Now, do you let it stop you? No. But the hardest thing about stepping into um, you know, the spotlight and being somebody that had a career and being somebody that was like trying to elevate women and grow a business and help other women grow a business. You know, I stepped from one box into another box and the people that maybe you've grown up with your whole life, sometimes they're in your family or sometimes they're your friends. They kind of like you to stay in the box that they know you in. They're like, you're really comfortable. Like, it's really comfortable for me to, for you to stay in that little box and for you to just stay the same Brooke you've always been. And my favorite is when they say you've changed. And I'm like, yeah, I totally have. I have changed. And it's been amazing for our family. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, they say it as if it's a bad thing. And I'm like, yes, we're made to change. That's called progress. We're supposed to make progress. We're supposed to change, but I've received definitely some harsh criticism and some judgments. And anytime you shift direction as a woman, um, whether you come from a traditional background or not, there will be people that will judge you. And it, I didn't let it stop me. Clearly, I didn't let it stop me. But there were definitely nights when I would cry myself to sleep in my pillow. And I would hate being misunderstood. And I would, I would hate being, you know, undermined or, or just not appreciated for what I was doing. And so I think that you have to understand that that's coming in some way, shape or form. And it hurts more when it comes from people, you know, love and thought were in your corner 
but they just can't accept that you are going in a different path, a different direction, that you've got bigger dreams and that you want to get out of that box. Because when you grow and change and develop and want to do something different, it makes other people sometimes a little bit uncomfortable because they're not, they're, they're just staying the same and no judgment on them. They just, they see that happening in you and it kind of creates a little bit of discomfort inside of them. So that for me was the hardest part because I am an introvert and I'd never put myself out there on social media and I'd never been a quote unquote leader and I'd never been financially successful in a business. And so all of a sudden I was all these things and, and some of my family and some of my friends were like, who are you? Like, this is not you. Like I'm supposed to stay the same the rest of my life or something, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was getting welled up my tears, my eyes, because I've absolutely been going through that a lot with family and friends lately. And um, you're right. It's very hard when it comes from those you love and those you're close to and are in your corner or supposed to be in your corner. And you, like you said, you know, it's like, yeah, the trolls, whatever you want to call them online, like it, they're not nice, but it's just someone online. You don't know them. They're behind a screen and they just say what they want to say. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm sure it can still hurt here and there, but you just know, you don't, you don't know them. You don't have any relationship to them. So you can usually move along, but you're right when it's yeah. someone you know, or it's family or friends who you're very close to, and you feel like you're really being judged and being shamed it's hard because you're like, well, I'm you looking at it. Like I know for myself personally, when you were just saying that I was getting chills, because for me, I'm looking at my life and going like, wow, I feel like I found myself in a whole new way. And I feel like I've evolved so much and continue to daily. And I'm constantly challenging myself and stepping up and not the easiest ways at all, but I'm, but I'm rising to the challenges and I'm feeling like this fire in myself where I'm like, wow, I'm really evolving and like, I'm really looking at myself like, wow, I don't even recognize the woman I was five years ago. And it's like wildly transformational in so many ways. But at the same time, it's so hard because you're right. When you were saying about the box, I have so many friends and family right now who are very much so like, wow, you changed. Like what's going on with you? Why are you not in this box anymore? Wow, you're right. This is not yeah. comfortable for me. This is very uncomfortable for me. And that's been very, very hard to swallow right now. Yeah. Yeah. It has been. And there's, I'm sure you've done like so much personal growth to work through those thoughts and feelings that you have. And, you know, one of the phases that you kind of go through is, you know, as you evolve, you know, evolution doesn't mean you're better than someone else, but sometimes when you're changing and you're learning all these new things and you're feeling all these new things, you want everybody to come with you and you want them to experience the same change you've had, but guess what? They don't want it. And so I've gone through some really hard periods, like specifically with my mom for a year where I did get some like legitimate, harsh criticism that was kind of more like, well, what about the children? <laughs> you know, kind of that sort of thing. Like, you know, your family should be first. And I was just like jaw dropping. I'm like, can't you see that everything I've done? I've done for my family. Can't you see that I rescued my husband who comes from a family that struggles with depression and struggles with bipolar. And my husband was working his butt off. And I knew if our life continued that way, maybe he was gonna have a mental break. Like I did what I did for a lot of different reasons, but I knew that inner wisdom inside of me was telling me what to do. And I was following what was right for me. And I received some really harsh criticism and it took about a year to kind of recover from that. and. And I'm in a good place with my mom now. But what I've learned from that, you guys, is that they're like, because we love our family or some of our friends so much, we want them to be really happy for us. And we want them to support our decisions. And we want to be really close to them. And in that closeness, we want to tell them all the things that we're experiencing and all the things that we're doing. And we want them to cheer us on and celebrate for us and like be totally all in and share everything. But what I've learned is that there are some things about my life that I can't share with everybody close to me. There are some things about my life that they just don't really understand or don't understand yet, and that's okay. I can still have a close relationship with my mom in a different way. And then there are other relationships where I'm like, I'm gonna have to take a knee on that relationship for a little while. Not that I don't love you and I'll still be pleasant with you and we can still chat here and there, but we don't have the same closeness because there are, there are too many things that are just not aligning and every interaction I have with you leaves me feeling less than, 
leaves me feeling like, um, as my friend Tiffany Peter says, does this person inspire you or expire you? Mm. She says that a lot. Does this person inspire you or expire you? Does this situation inspire you or expire you? So if you're spending time around these people that are have thoughts and feelings and criticism to you, even if they're not saying them, but it's just this energetic feeling that's expiring you, that's harming you, that's, that's hurting you. And it's not that you have to completely remove them from your life, but guess what? As a grown woman, you can set boundaries and you can decide what you share and what you don't share with certain people. And you can have your tribe of people that are gonna be cheering you on. And then you can you have your family that you have Thanksgiving with and you play games with and you love that. And then you go back to, to your other life, you know? So I've just had to learn like, I this is who I am. I know I'm divinely led. I know I'm divinely doing what I'm supposed to do. And it's not up to my mom. It's not up to anybody else that, that, that thinks I should be doing this or that or the other. It's literally between myself, my creator, and my husband. Those are the most important people to me. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that so much. And thank you for sharing that, you know, so beautifully in that inspire, expire. It's so true. It's like that exchange of energy, you know, it's like, are they lifting you up and, you know, putting that fire back in you or are they taking from you? And, you know, when you're saying that, yeah, it's so real. And, you know, you, Brooke, you know, you do so much between, you know, your business and all the incredible women that you work with and what you share on social. I mean, I see you and you just give and give that light and that fire and that inspiration. So how do you give back to Brooke? How do you, when you were saying like the less than feelings, you know, that someone might do to you or even just being depleted because you do give so much, how do you give back to you? And what would you share with others that are listening right now that feel like they do give and give, but at times it is so exhausting because I know for myself as well, how do you give back to yourself? Well, I have had to learn compassion for myself. And one of my first coaches I ever had taught me about that because I didn't have a lot of compassion for myself. I thought that I was just supposed to always be able to perform and show up and achieve. And I was very like achievement driven and I still am. It will always be a part of me. There's nothing wrong with that. I am an ambitious woman and I love to achieve my goals. And it's why I went and created three other businesses, right? So you can imagine our six kids are home all day. They're homeschooled. And, uh, and I have these four businesses and I love my husband and I love my family and I love creating, but sometimes I do get depleted and the things that I do on a daily basis are really very simple and they may not be something that resonates for you. I have to say, Allie, that I've read so many books about having the perfect morning, having the right habits. Like you've probably read all these same books on personal development, right? And how to get the most out of your day and how to be more effective. And I love these books and I inspire, like I respect these people and they do inspire, but I almost had to take a step back from some of those books because I'd be like, okay, well, that person doesn't have any kids or that person, like their life situation is totally different. Like I respect them. They're finding a way for them. But like, for me, if I'm going to do some self-care by waking up early in the morning. That means I'm going to get up at 3.30 in the morning because I've got a child awake at like 5.30 in the morning. So I can't do what fuels me like other people do what fuels them. And I can't take care of myself and have the same routines as everybody else. But I also had to give up the excuse of like, well, I can't have a routine and I can't do self-care because I just don't have time for that. And I did that for a long time. And about three years in, like I said, I I got to a point where it was almost burnout and quit. And so what I started doing is I started saying, you know what, I can move my body 20 minutes a day. And you've seen me on, on Instagram. I have a hashtag six for six, and it's just me breaking up with perfectionism. I don't expect myself to move seven days a week, but six days a week or six for six, I am committed to moving my body for 20 minutes. It might be a walk. It might be a run. It might be Pilates. It can be anything. I don't attach a calorie count to it. I don't attach a weight to it or anything like that. Most times I end up moving more than 20 minutes and I do push myself, but movement has been a great healer for me throughout my life. When my dad died about seven years ago, 
Um, it was one of the things that got me through that time in my life and through the deepest, darkest depressions movement. And so movement is self-care to me because we have one body, one vessel that we get to experience this life in. And when I talk about movement, I'm not like, Hey girl, I want you to look perfect. I want you to have this gorgeous body and this butt with no cellulite. I'm like, no, I want you to move your body so you can feel alive. So you can breathe in clean air. So you can feel your heart beating so you can get that oxygen into your your cells and you can feel awake and so exercise does that for me it's like a cleansing process and I release and sometimes I run and cry and sometimes I run and I'm just like singing at the top of my lungs to a great song um, <laughs> whatever it is I make sure to move my body and and my friends that have joined into that movement they message me all the time about how it's changing their life I do that. And then I also, I will, I take really long hot showers and I listen to music in the shower and I just kind of, you know, cleanse my soul with just giving myself the gift of that really long hot shower with music. Um, I believe in um, nurturing relationships and my husband and I are good about going on dates, which is something to me that feels like self-care because taking care of my relationships is important to me. So I do that. And then we make sure to get away at least twice a year, just the two of us. And then I also go away and do girls things once or twice a year where I get to just be surrounded by these other incredible boss babes that I love twice a year. And that is nurturing to my soul and that self-care. I think so many women don't allow themselves the time to go away and they think, oh, that'll be bad for my kids. And I'm like, it'll be bad for your kids if you lose your mind, honey. Like, you need <laughs> to take care of yourself. So that, and I love good books, sitting by the fireplace, reading a book. Um, yeah, that, that's self-care to me, I think. Well, I, lo I love that because, again, like how you said when you were first talking about this, like you don't subscribe to just any channel. I think a lot of times people think like you said, when you're, you know, reading, same with me, reading all these different like, you know, self-help books and empower this book. And it's like, yeah, they're great. But then you read them and you're like, oh, but I don't have necessarily the time for that. Or I don't have the space in my schedule for that, the way it's set up. And I love that you said like, you don't subscribe to that. Like, you're like, okay, no, I need to figure out what works for my life and how I'm going to lay it out so that I can still do the self-care. I can still do the things that feel good, but I'm going to do the things that work for me. And I think anyone listening, you know, yep. write that down is like, you have to subscribe to your own channel. Like how Brooke said, like it's movement, it's a hot shower. It's, you know, filling herself up being around mm -hmm. other amazing women. You know, it's, it's the things that lift you up and light you up instead of what someone else is telling you. And I think that like, you know, especially in this time, in my opinion, we're all like almost relearning that in ourselves of like mm -hmm. being forced to be in this uncomfortable position to like change, like how you spoke in the beginning of the show of bringing it back full circle. You saying like, you really are forced, you know, into this new like box that is, you know, a change. And it's like some, for some people, it's not comfortable, but for you, it was natural for you to move over and decide, Hey, I want to be in this new box. I want to evolve. I want to transform. But for a lot of people, they don't, they want to stay comfortable in their box, even if it yeah. really isn't the most comfortable. And like all of us right now are being pushed and shoved out of our boxes and saying, well, you're going to get uncomfortable whether you like it or not. And you're going to figure it out. And I think like, that's what you're speaking yeah. so much of. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a good friend and business partner that um, we actually just finished writing a book called do it anyway. And it's, it'll, be coming out in May. It's not quite ready yet, but um, we congrats, went through a really hard What's that? I said, congrats. That's amazing. Thank you. But, but there's a, there's a part in that book where I talk about how there are different kinds of people. There are scared, um, satisfied and seeking. And I feel like there's a lot that's most women would fit into one of those categories. The scared women are the women that see other women doing things that they just think I could never do that or I would never be allowed to do that, or I'm too scared to put myself out there. And they, they just are so overcome with fear of judgment or fear of failure, or just 
fear of, you know, not being allowed or not being good enough. And so they stay in that scared space. Then there are the women that are satisfied. They, there really truly are women that are just absolutely satisfied and just loving their lives. And I think that's great. Like for some people that is just 1000% in homemaking for some people, it is, you know, being in corporate America for me, it's like working from my phone, like working from home, creating content, teaching people like that's, you know, you know, some people are satisfied with where they at. They, they don't want for anything else because they're just super satisfied where they are. And then the seeking and the seeking are the ones that are like, I know there's something else out there for me. I know there's something more that I was made to do. I know I was created to share this message. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm seeking. And I am like, I feel like a magnet for those women that are seeking because I get it. Like I didn't know what I was missing and maybe you can relate to this. I didn't know what I was missing until I had it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe if I had lived my whole life. I mean, I'm sure I would have lived a fine life and we would have been happy enough. Um, I feel like I would have been empty in a lot of ways though. And I'm so glad that I was a seeker and I was seeking for the answers to what is it that I'm supposed to do? What is the impact I'm supposed to leave? Like, how can I use my gifts, my life experience, my sorrows, my pain, my joys, all of those things to help other people. And if that's you, keep seeking, keep looking, like you're gonna find it. Don't just be satisfied and stay where you're at. Life is so much more rich and amazing when you seek and go after like all the things that you were truly created to do and, and don't stay your whole life scared. Like yes. I would say, and you would, you would agree with this is that like you learn that you can do anything and you learn that even when the hardest and the worst thing happens, guess what? as my husband says, well, you didn't die. Right. And he sees people die all. And is, he's like, so pragmatic. He's like, well, you didn't die or, well, you're not going to die. Just do it. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I can do it. But it's, you know, like we make up all these stories and it's like, oh, if I could just release that for women, it's like, don't be so afraid. Regret is the worst thing to live with to regret that you didn't live out your dreams or you didn't at least seek for them or try or go on this path of self-discovery and, and you don't have to do it and be one of these people that like throws everything else away in their life. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but I see that happen with people is like they go seeking and they like lose everything about themselves. And I believe, no, you can seek and you can find and you can maintain those most beautiful, precious things in your life. And it's hard, it's hard, but I've, I've done it and I, I love it. I love my family, I love my children, I love my husband, I love that part of my life and I love that I also get to seek and explore and I believe that there's a room for women to hold both, to hold space for both things. And I just want more women to do that because I, I feel like so many women are just really unsatisfied and they feel guilty for feeling unsatisfied because they live a good life, but there is some huge part of them that's unfulfilled and they just don't believe they have the space to hold and carry both, you know, motherhood or womanhood or wifehood or being a partner with, you know, being successful or going after their dreams, whatever that means for them. And I just think that's a lie. I think it's a lie. Um, I mean, it's so powerful and amazing. And I hope everyone listening is writing all this down because I know I am. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, <laughs> So, so truly so powerful and so incredible. And when you say seek and explore, you know, what would be one thing, like as we wrap this up, that you would want other women to, I guess, step into when it comes to seeking and exploring and them being, you know, maybe they're not sure where to start and they're listening to this and you put a fire in them. Because I can't imagine anyone listening not having a fire in them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I want to seek and explore, but I have no idea how to start. Like what would be, you know, a little bit of advice that you would leave them with today? Well, I think you have to be unafraid to make the wrong choice because to get from A to C, there's going to be a lot of B's along the way. So that means you just have to start and you may, you might think that something is a good idea or this is a good path for you. And you might quickly find out that it doesn't align with you or it doesn't really set your soul on fire. You don't really love it. it. Just doesn't feel right. So that's fine. You turn around and you take another path. 
And, and the more mistakes you can make, the faster, the better, because there, you know that you've got something inside of you and you know you've got this dream or this goal. Well, it might take a couple different paths or a dozen paths or a hundred paths to get there, but like, don't be afraid of it. And I look at everything I've done in my life. Like I went and got two degrees that I don't really do anything with those degrees necessarily. I don't feel like I wasted my time. I feel like everything has been for my good and for my experience. So all of the experiences that you're having on your path to where you're going are just going to be rich, like this, this richness, all these layers to you that when you arrive to where you wanted to be, is going to be this beautiful, like story of how you got there. And it's going to inspire other women. And then the second thing I would say is seek clarity. Like I, I became a high performance certified coach last year. Um, I love Brennan Burchard and a lot of the things that he teaches. And, and, and I decided, you know, I, I'm already, I already was coaching women and through my business, I've had the opportunity to coach a lot of women and help them reach their success. But I just wanted some more tools. And one of my favorite sections is when we coach on clarity and teaching people how to seek clarity. So asking yourself the questions, what are you most clear about? in your life right now? What are you most clear about that you love, that brings you joy, that you want more of? And what are you most clear of in your life that you want less of, or you could do without, or you know you don't want in your life? What are you clear on wanting more of? And what are you clear on wanting less of? And when you find that clarity and you're willing to be honest with yourself about what you want more of, then you just start off on that path and you start taking steps. And, and I believe that it's kind of like this forest with this overgrown trail and you can't see the trail, but the trail unfolds itself as you keep taking steps. And so you just have to step into that unknown and be like, all right, here I am. I know I want more of this in my life. I'm very clear about what makes me happy. And so I'm just going to go in that direction and I'm going to fall and get scraped up and bumped and bruised and, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to end up getting there. It's, there's nothing wrong with failing. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes. You don't have to choose the right thing the first time. Just keep going. Just keep trying. Oh my gosh. I, I love that guys. If you're, you know, if you're writing something down right now, it's what Brooke said, you know, seek clarity, you know, seek what you want more of and realize what you want less of and don't be afraid to try and, you know, and, and fail. I mean, I think I love when entrepreneurs who are extremely successful, like yourself, Brooke, are so real about letting yourself fail and letting yourself stumble and, and all the things, because I think so many times going back to what we were saying, you know, at the beginning of this is that, that perfect picture that, Oh, look at all the things I manifested. It's like, well, no, but all the failures that came with it, all the falls, all the scrapes, all the things that added up to it. And you just so beautifully articulated that. So thank you so much for being here and sharing that fire inside of you and that light. I truly am so like, I can't even say how inspired and uplifted I am going into like the rest of my day and weekend getting to chat with you. It's been such an honor. Thank you so much. I've loved it as well. And thank you for letting me just be me and, and share my story. I hope I've inspired some of you to believe that anything is possible. And uh, if you're willing to step into it, you can make it happen. Yes. And tell us where we can find you and follow you. Um, so on Instagram, I'm at Hemingway Half Dozen, of course, because I've got the half dozen kids. So you can follow me there at Hemingway Half Dozen. Um, I'd love it if you've, you'd shoot me a, a message and tell me what you got out of this. Um, on Facebook, of course, just Brooke Hemingway. And my website is brooke-hemingway.com. So you can read a little bit more about me there. But I'd love to connect and just if I can inspire you and help you to believe a little bit more in yourself and in the possibilities, that is my greatest desire is to help women, especially to believe in themselves and to believe in the possibilities. Amazing. Believe in the possibilities. Thank you so much, Brooke. And guys, cheers till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.